Sorry for the clanging and such. Man, that was great. Now, Terry, can we just give the Lord a, a clap offering for Terry, right? Let's do this. Thank you so much for that. And you know the really cool thing is Wes is with her every step of the way. So let's give one for Wes too, okay? Can we do that? So <clears throat> um, after our service this morning, we're going to continue the fun. So we're going to have brats and dogs. And is Jason cooking dogs in the kitchen right now? Do you know? So, yeah, Jason Close, yeah, we, we'll, we'll just pray for him. We won't give him a clap offering right now, but yeah. So, yeah, we'll make sure those are ready. We're going to have some brats and hot dogs, if you like those, instead, and some other things, and just have a kind of a fun picnic-y kind of lunch for everybody after the service this morning. So, uh, for those who don't know, I'm Grant. I'm the associate pastor here. Pastor Brad's on vacation. He's getting a little R&R right now, and I'm, I'm just a little bit out of sorts. I literally sat down in my chair, and one of the most precious ladies in the whole wide world gave me a hug. So Lindsay is one of our young adult ladies, and her boyfriend, Luke, was sitting beside her, and then I realized I made an assumption that's incorrect because her boyfriend, Luke, is officially now her fiance. So Lindsay and Luke, congratulations on your engagement. She showed me the ring, and I'm sitting there kind of going, what? What? what like, Jill said something to me the other day. I go, nah, I mean, they're getting really serious, but I don't think engagement. But yeah, you are engaged. That is so cool. So it's completely out of our wheelhouse this morning. But you know me, I'm not going to let it slide because everybody needs to see that beautiful ring. And we are so excited for you. We know your love for the Lord. We thank you for your love for us here. But folks, this is just, this is us. We're a family. That's the great privilege we have. And when the little ones get up here, and, and it's... It's your great niece that asked Jesus to be her Savior at, Bible, at Vacation Bible School this week. What a great morning. Right? This is family. This is so much family. This is great. I mean, I, I got to hang out with the young guys all weekend, so... I, I got called, and they, they were short a guy. You know, it's, you're the fifth guy on the list, but sometimes that's okay, too. So <clears throat> Andrew Kimbrough needed a fourth for golf, so I golfed with Andrew and, and Abe and um, Jake Cohagen on Friday afternoon, and then we, we peeled out after that. Then we ran over to Kelsey and Austin Kastribas house, and we had a diaper party. Right? So, so we've got like Sam. We had a sniper party for Sam and Brandon as the waiters and the, and the uh, um, North and Scolds. Thank you, Ross. As uh, they're getting ready to have babies. And, you know, we just got to be grandparents ourselves for the first time a few weeks ago. And Tyler J is here. We call him TJ. So we're glad it'll be fun to see him after service. But um, this is just such an incredible opportunity that we have because of this fellowship of the Lord and what he actually does for us. And that's, that's the thing we're going to wrap up with. But I just wanted to talk about VBS a little bit. And just in my own personal time in the, in the Word, I've been working through First and Second Peter. And, and uh, you know, Peter is exactly who we are. 
exactly who we are. And before the Holy Spirit was in his life, he did his very best to follow Jesus, right? And we, could, we saw how great he was in times and how unbelievably clumsy he was at times. And then when the Holy Spirit filled him and he spoke at Pentecost, people got saved. People came to Jesus. It was just unbelievable, right, how, how the church got started and how he got to be part of that. But for us, um, just as a church, we have a, a framework that we refer to. And um, it, it, it just, there's, I'm just going to take the convictions part out of it this morning. I just want to make like four points that we can kind of talk about us. As I was thinking through this in my quiet time, um, I, I, was, I was looking at these things. I go, how do they relate to this passage that I'm reading this morning? But if you go to um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it starts off this way. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Right? So as, as important as it is for us to be family, we're family because, not because we've set our own standard of what that looks like, but because we're completely in love with the Lord and we're trying to follow him so he can define that family and how it should look and how it should function and what we should do and where we should go and how we should be. And he not only does that, he gives us the divine power to do that. So our first conviction is this. The church is not the building, but people indwelt by the Spirit of God. The creator of everything, when you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, that deposit is made into you, and God lets you know he secured you. You are his, and you become one of his family. And what a great and amazing opportunity that is. So I'm just going to pray really quickly as we kind of get rolling on this, and uh, just ask the Lord to watch over us here for the next few minutes. Father, we just thank you for the amazing things. We thank you for the, the life that you created that we are all individually experiencing in, in completely unique ways, but that we get to interact and do it together. And we thank you for engagements. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for celebrations. And we thank you for the serious fun of Vacation Bible School. And Father, just as we sit and ponder on a few things this morning, we just ask that you would just penetrate our hearts and minds so that we would enjoy this time, even in this crowd, of being individually before you and at the same time being together. So we just thank you for these things in Christ's name. Amen. So it's not a building. But just like they learn in VBS, Jesus changes everything because he's holy. He's separate. And so when he made us a family, he made us separate to himself. But there were some great benefits to that. It says in verse 4 of 1 Peter 1, by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Um, I haven't, I haven't spent, spent a lot of time in prison, but I have spent a little bit as a speaker. So I would go in there. You're welcome. As a speaker, so I would go in there and, and speak. And I started doing this when I was a young man in my 20s with Don Weld Sr. And we've been to Stillwater. We've been to Lionel Lakes. We've been to different places. And when I was serving in Alabama, the church down there was over. Uh, served, I went and spoke at some, some prisons down there as well. 
But have you ever felt like completely trapped? Right? And then you're out. One of the intimidating things is when you go into the recesses of a prison to speak, you walk down these halls and you see these brick cinder block walls and you see these bars and stuff, but until you go in the room, you don't really get the perspective on how thick those walls are, how thick those bars are, and how intimidating the crash of that metal locking into place and locking you into that room is. And this is the thing. You go in, you're completely unarmed, and there's dozens of guys sitting in this room, and they're in there for all kinds of reasons, and you don't know why. But the door's locked. When they open that door, and it's a privilege to get this, to speak to some of those fellows in prison, because they are all about Jesus. He's radically transformed their lives. So it's great. There's some in there, they scare the daylights out of you. Right? But when that door is opened after you're done speaking and you're allowed to be released, man, does that feel good. Right? It feels incredible. So for us to know that we have escaped sin, you're freed from it. Jesus, the, the jailer, unlocked the door and set you free from that. Does that feel good? I imagine every one of us felt the same way when we asked Jesus to be our Savior. There was such a burden lifted from our person that we were able to function now in a way that we never had before. So that, that, that burden of sin, that captivity, captivity of sin is gone, and what happens now? We get to live our life outside of that. And Jesus says, I am holy, and he wants us to be holy like him. So we get to walk into the light. We get to walk into participation in life with him and live it his way. Because he, lives us, he leads us in the life of what? Freedom. There's no going back. Jesus is holy. He changes everything by freeing us from the power of sin in the believer's life and restoration of the image of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit's in us, and we no longer have to do the wrong thing. But we have to choose to do the right thing, right? So here's this. We need one another. So our approach, our conviction, is our approach to mission is people and not a program. Now, we had people here this week, 57, I think Terry said, that were just simply serving that were here devoting their time, energy, and resources to invest in the lives of young people who desperately need to know Jesus as their Savior. So we have two things that we really do. We serve and we share. And this week, all these leaders coming together, this was their week to serve. And they taught about the good news. They taught about how Jesus could be their Savior. And one of the reasons that it works is this, is because people who are leading, who are teaching, they're accomplishing this in their lives. Verses 5 through 7. For this very reason, I make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. That's quite a list, isn't it? It all is based, or all those things take off of the base of what? 
our faith. And our Bibles tell us that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is a tiny, tiny seed, we can walk in these things. So God, Jesus sets us free after he secures us eternity to be his family. And then this, we get to know what virtue is. Actually living a Christ-like life. That's our ability now. We have the ability to do that. We have the ability to walk with moral excellence. Does our world need to see people who walk morally excellent? This world needs us. We need Jesus, and the world needs us. Because to them, when they look at you and I, that's who they see. We need Jesus' knowledge to know the will of God and how to walk in it. Right? To, to be able to walk up to the Lord and say, I, I don't know what I'm doing, and for him, but I, but I want to participate in this. I have friends that I love, but how do I share with them? For him to take you from that introductory step where you stand before him and you say, Lord, this is the burden on my heart. I know you're with me in this burden. How do I approach them? And he walks you through this journey step by step where you come to be holy in front of him and then he asks you to do something really important. Change. Change. And see, after you change and you come to see it God's, the, way, the way God sees it, then he takes you over here to accomplish what it is that you put before him and that's the desire of your heart because it's his desire for you. Is that cool? I mean, just to have that constant, incredible, complete approval. So then also, what does it take? It takes things like self-control, right? We, we self-mastery. We abstain from doing the wrong things, and we do right things. Steadfastness, to view time with God's eyes to help us resist the pressures of the world. Right? You, you know, you're talking to kids, and you're trying to explain how God works. And you think about this, and... And time and time again, it talks about us before the creation, before the creation, right? God literally holds time, space, and matter here. He sees it all. He's outside of every single thing. And so we can have complete confidence that if we look at life from that perspective, we, can't, we don't get caught up in the minutia of life that can drag people down, down so desperately, because we know we have a God who has it all under control. As much as we'd like to be in control, we aren't, are we, right? So there's steadfastness. The other thing Jesus changes is this, godliness. Our devotion is to God and the practical awareness of God in every aspect of our life. Do you ever see things just kind of work out for you and you go, oh man, I was lucky. No, you weren't. God just took care of you. He did something really great for you. Now, I know if you, like, you know, see some of the things that happen on a golf course, like happened on Friday, you, sometimes you go, yeah, you're just lucky, right? It's like, no, no, the Lord was watching out for me on that, right? Not that, you know, my golf score is his biggest concern, right? But, but here's the thing. If we walk in that and we look at what God's doing in our lives and we give him credit for what we would call the little things, then we get the big thing. We understand who he is, and he cares about everything. Brotherly affection, warm affection for other believers, and that should be our standard. We care about each other. You know, if Jill and I fuss, I can't even stand being upset at her. 
I can't. It just bothers me that I'm out of relationship with her, right? But it's not just Jill. It's other people in this church. And it's like, you know, we celebrate um, an engagement for Lindsay and Luke. We don't do that in a superficial way. We're in it with them. We believe, okay, you guys know God wants you to be there for one another for the rest of your lives. We're behind you on that. We will back you on that. We'll be here for you on that. We'll check in with you. If you need us, we can support you on that. Right? These are the great things about it. Okay, so this, I'm going to do this a little earlier than what I originally planned, but let's do this. I, I you know, we just want to emphasize everybody's important this morning, right? So if I could have Olivia Gonsi and Kate Catherine Latinsky come up to the platform, coming up here, come on up, ladies. Now, this is a deal that I struck with them a few weeks ago. I said, I'm speaking on the 30th, so if I do this, you have to do that. And they said, okay, so here they come. I told them they didn't have to speak, so I won't make them do that. But even as teenagers, these young ladies are ultimately concerned about their pastors. So I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we have a new footwear line that's become the standard. So girls, what have you got on there? Yes, super, super. Every, we got our chucks on. Everybody's wearing our chucks. So if you notice Pastor Brad's been wearing his chucks. So the girls have been working us over for months, just months on this. Ross is the last holdout. So we don't want to say that the new guy on staff is holding up progress or anything like that. But, you know, and, and it's not just the girls want you to wear chucks. We have color coding. Like, I had to have the blue ones. Brad has the black ones. What color does, what color, you guys have black. You got other colors too, though, right? Ross, what color do they want you to have? Gray. gray. You have gray. You have to have gray. So we have color codes. But thanks for coming up, ladies. I appreciate it. You can have a seat. I won't embarrass you anymore. Thanks. Okay. But, um, no, it's, it's fun. And I, I think sometimes when Brad goes on vacation, he goes, oh, no, Grant's going to speak. I don't know what he's going to do. Right? But, um, but we, we want to have a good time here. We want to have a lot of fun here. It really matters. You know, when we were over at Kastribas, um, I, I was coming up, and Kelsey's out walking the dog, Nancy. And um, so we saw them, and then we get back, and they have a lovely home. And they opened up. We got a backyard full of guys. And they made great kebabs, and it was just fun. We just had fun shooting the breeze and talking. It was so fun. You could tell it was a guy's, guy's thing because the idea is bring a box of diapers with you. So I had, a, I had a box for each of them, and I walked up. And I, before I got there, I thought, hmm, should I wrap these? Nah, I'm not wrapping these things. No, not one box was wrapped. Everybody just showed up with boxes of diapers, and everybody knew what they were. And, you know, if they were Huggies or Pampers or what have you, it was, you know, it was a good thing. But um, the other thing I got to do that was really fun, and, and, and uh, I was so thankful that the bookstore had two copies of this. I got to give the guys their first uh, dad joke books. It was great. It's dad, dad jokes for new expecting dads. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. So it was a good, good time. We had a great time there. But um, yeah, it was, just, but it was fun to hang out with the guys. And I'm sitting there with these young guys, and I'm going, man, these, this is what's going on in our church right now. We've got all these young families. We're going to have like eight or nine new babies by the end of this year in our nursery, right? And so we have like amazing things going on here and a huge responsibility to be hard after the Lord, to follow him and exactly what he wants us to do. So this is an incredibly important and encouraging thing that we need to be part of. 
So Jesus changes everything by gifting us the ability to live a life of faith in light of eternity. We look at this world, we see what's going on, and we see it from God's perspective. And that keeps us going forward because there's nothing in this world that can overcome us if we simply follow in him, in his power. Okay, so that's what we want to do. Okay, another thing, our spiritual health will be measured by our impact outside these walls more than our impact inside these walls. So in 2 Peter 1, 8 and 9, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. This is the other thing. First of all, we are told that we were set free. We were captive, and we were set free. And now, we're cleansed. We're cleansed. When these really, really hot days are happening, and I know this is the Minnesota version of hot, but when these really, really hot days are happening, and you're outside, you're working in the yard, you come in, you kind of go, yeah, I may have had a shower this morning, but I'm going to have another one this afternoon, right? Because we like to be clean. We like that feeling, right? We get the sticky and the icky office, and we get the dirt office, and we get cleaned up. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And it wasn't just a temporary clean where you got a little smudge on, you can wipe it off. It's he took our souls that were completely separate from him, and he reconnected us with him, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And that cleansing is something that takes place and it stays with us. Now, if you pursue him like we've been talking about, then we have the opportunity, even when we do sin, and we're going to call it what it is, even when we do sin, we have the opportunity to get cleaned up again by confessing to him and agreeing with him, that was wrong, that's not right, we're not going there. We're done with that. Okay, so we have those great things. And for our kids to be coming into VBS and learning these great truths in a practical, easy way, it's just unbelievably advantageous for the young people that get to come. Um, effectiveness. I was uh, watching some highlights from substitute goalies in the NHL. I know, Donnie's laughing at me. Of course, I was watching hockey videos in the middle of summer. But it was these young guys. And uh, I don't know if you know how it works in the NHL, right? Every team has two goalies. They come with the team. But sometimes people get hurt. Uh, someone's in, someone gets injured in practice or something before the game. They haven't got enough time to call a goalie up from a lower league. And so the arena always has a goalie that's available. And that goalie is available to play on either team. Okay? Play on either team. And so they were talking about these young guys that are really good goalies that have played and had some levels of success, but they've never made in the NHL before. And these guys were sitting there, and it showed instances where they were sitting in the stands, and all of a sudden they said, hey, go suit up. So they go suit up because the guy couldn't make it, and sure enough, the first goalie gets hurt, and so then this guy actually goes in and plays a hockey game in the NHL. He's in the net, and he's expected to perform <laughs> at that level he's never played at before. That's right. He blocked it. Good job, right? 
But here's the thing. This is exactly how we live. God's inviting you to join him in the supernatural and play at a level that's beyond our ability to have success at it. But he assures us if we'll do that, we'll have success. He assures us if we do that, we'll have success. This world will try and take, take, take from us. And God wants to give, give, give. And he tells us we need to give. And don't get weary, don't get tired out, because my supply is endless. You can do this. You can do this. In my power, in my strength, as my child, you can do this. So God changes everything when he brings us into his plan to present the gospel to others. God trusts you with this most sacred and important thing. You're taking people that are on their way to hell and saying, hold on a second, you're going the wrong way. Jesus wants you to turn around and go the other direction. We're going completely to heaven and we're not going there anymore. We want you to join us. We want you to be part of this. And you know, for Christians, I think for many of us, it's one of the scariest things we've ever done. Like praying, okay, we, we pray, it's pretty good, right? You can do that by yourself. We can read God's word, that's pretty awesome. I can get together with other believers, very cool. But now, Jesus says, I want you to go out and tell other people about me. Why is that so scary? I think there's a few things, right? One is we look at it and go, yeah, I'm not a public speaker. Very few people are. Very few people like to get up in front, right? So there's a little bit of that intimidation. There's, I don't know if I know enough. This is what you need to know. Your story. At some point, Jesus touched your heart and mind and showed you you needed him. And all you have to do is recount that and tell people, this is how it happened for me. And they can identify for you. You don't have to be a theologian. And, and I'll tell you what, it, you know, it was brought up this morning. We are so thankful for Brad. Amen? He can, he can pull apart the Word of God in just incredible ways and maintain the integrity, the truth of the Word when so many other people out there are compromising it. That's not our worry here. So we need to continue to hold him up in prayer. But my point here is then, if you are willing to step out, God will give you the words. Are you going to be afraid? Yep, probably. There's going to be a little bit, of, little bit of fear in it, and that's good because then you have to rely on him. It's not about us. It's about him. We just get to be the benefactors, right? I mean, think about this, guys. This world places its value on so many things that don't matter, and you and I, we get to do the most important thing every single day. We get to live for Christ and share it with other people and tell them, we want you to come with us. There's still room. There's still room. Right? This is just so exciting to be able. And, and um, I, I don't need you to put up your hands or anything like that. But if you've led someone to the Lord, you know what I'm talking about. Right? You know what I'm talking about. When someone says, yes, I get it. 
Jesus loves me. Right? Chloe understood it. Some of us understood it even younger than she did. And some of us are older. It doesn't matter when, but it just matters that it happens. And that's what we're after. We want to see that opportunity. And I'm telling you guys and ladies, there is nothing in the world that compares to knowing that you walked in God's will and he allowed you to be part of bringing someone to eternity with you. Isn't that cool? That's just unbelievably amazing stuff. So the last thing here is our dream is that every person becomes a spiritual parent. In verses 10 and 11 in 2 Peter 3, it says this, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here's the process. You accept Christ as your Savior. God knew you were going to do that before you did. Right? And so he looks at us and says, hey, I am in charge of everything here. I knew this was going to happen. I know the plan for their life. I know the days of your life. And if you will follow me, there will be an unbelievable reception for you when you get to heaven. The great thing about it is, everything I've been talking about this morning is literally living heaven on earth now. Living heaven on earth now, yeah, yeah. When, when the bills are tight, or things are tight, and the bills are tough, and the, the numbers keep going up, yeah, this is good, right? We have this great eternal security that we're looking for. Does that mean that we're exempt from some uncomfortable things in this world? Not at all. Not at all. Jill and I, uh, last, last week, it was a week ago, um, I did a funeral service for one of our dear, dear friends who died unexpectedly, 62 years old. Was it fun? Not really. But you know what? We know, she knew, Jesus is her Savior. So is there comfort? Are we mourning like people who have no hope? No, we're not. We know what's happening right now is there's going to be a time of separation, but that time will come to an end. You know the greatest thing? We'll never be separated again. We'll be able to stand side by side in front of the Savior, worshiping him, and thank you for this thing we call eternal life. And guys, this isn't just about looking off into heaven, but from the time you ask Jesus to be your Savior, you start living your eternal life right now. I was saved when I was nine. I'm still saved when I'm <clears throat> years old. It's 62. And I am going to be saved forever. And if there's someone sitting here this morning and you've never understood that simple message, I hope somehow the Lord talked to you today and I didn't get in the way of it. There's only one way to heaven. And yes, there is eternal life. We live beyond our physical body's existence. And you will either be in hell or in heaven, and God wants you in heaven with him, and he's made the provision for you to be there. There is no reason anybody should go to hell. Jesus Christ's salvation was provided, and it was sufficient for everybody who has lived. No one's excluded. No life is unimportant. He wants everybody to be with him.
And we want you to be with him too. And we want you to be here and enjoy this family as imperfect as we are, as, as staggered we are in our, in our growth and our relationship with Jesus. Every single person that's here right now, God wants you to be going to heaven. Jesus changes everything because he made us a family. Are you buying that? Are you really willing to say yes? I'm here. God wants me to be part of this family. This family that's not brick and mortar, right? This family that's been radically changed, that is in love with Jesus and his word and is willing to serve is willing to, to be trained and to train and to invest in other people and to, to make sure that when nine new children arrive in the nursery this year, there's at least nine new workers. Right? Barb, maybe do we need twice of that? Maybe 18 new workers. There we go. Barb Anderson, our children's director. But um, we, we need to have those people in there ready to go. And you need to be willing to, to take care of them. Right? And, and could we let... Guys can go into the baby nursery, can't they? If there's a guy, we've got to do our vetting and background check and stuff. But I, I remember serving in there for a time, and, um, you know, I, I do pretty good. I can crawl around the floor. Getting up is a little tough, but I can crawl around the floor. And, and then when they start crying, I just look over at Brenda Dunlavy, and she's like the, the baby whisperer, and I go, hey, Brenda, and then they get quiet, right? So it's not because your, your availability is your most important spiritual gift. You may not be the best at what you're doing, but if you're doing it and someone else comes along that God's gifted them better for that, clap for them, right? Go. I'll go do something else. There's plenty to do. So that's where we want to be this morning. But what's coming up next week? National Night Out. This is the other side of it. So we've talked a lot about serving. Um, and then the other side is sharing. 348 backpacks. I remember we weren't even trying to get to 200. 348 children who've never seen us, but if you've contributed to one of these backpacks and they ask Jesus to be their Savior, is that awesome or is that awesome? That's where we want to go with this. Next uh, week, National Light Out. Pastor Brad's talked about this. Let's be at that. Let's learn to be a good neighbor. Let's be willing to go, hey, okay, I'm a little afraid about sharing the gospel. I'm not exactly sure what I need to do in order to make commitment to this and how I can walk down the street. You know what? We've got people. We're training in that. So if you want to find out more about that, come and see me. Uh, TJ, one of our young adult guys, he and I just finished walking through this book together after we completed our Coach the Bible series. If you want to be part of that, be part of that. But be ready, be equipped, be, a, be an excellent neighbor. And go out there and say, hey, listen, I'm going to just be the light that Christ has called me to be in my neighborhood first and foremost. That's where I'm going to start my mission field. Okay? So um, just want to wrap up here. I'm going to pray. And please stay. Uh, I've got a lot of brats and hot dogs over there. We want to make sure they get eaten. And, yes, there's chocolate chip cookies. No, they're not Kevin and Lois's, but, you know. They'll, they'll do. So 
But no, we want to stay and just be able to have some fellowship in the gym across the hall. So as we wrap up, I'm going to pray for that, and the worship team is going to come back up here. All right. Father, thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for the opportunity to have fun as a family. And Lord, we just pray that our fun was honoring to you, that you can use it so that people see Christianity is really the deal. These people are genuine. This is the, this is the real thing. I need this. I want this. Father, we come and we do this each week because we need you and we need the encouragement of being together. So we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for what you've done for us today. And Lord, as we go across the hall in a few minutes here and you have provision over there for us, we just pray that you would um, bless this food and this time of fellowship that we can enjoy it together. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.